Agile fails us because we fail Agile. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hey there, it's Chris. Welcome to another episode of Badass Agile. This week, I want to explore the topic of why Agile fails because we betray its core principles. In a sense, it fails because we fail it. Before we dig in, let's take a moment to remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a truly unique and powerful force in this industry. And if you love this episode, please do me a favor and share it with your friends, share it with your network so that others can learn and grow from it. Also, you may want to check out some of my digital offerings, including Rivet the Room, my new product that teaches you how to amplify your voice and your message so that you can influence, you can make impact. You can be the person who lights up and inspires an audience of people, whether in presentations or just in your daily work with your teams. You may also want to check out my guide to the skills that are required to survive, to thrive, and to capitalize in 2024 as a leader or agile practitioner. It's called The New Leadership. And finally, I'm proud to announce that we've opened up registrations for the first cohort of The Forge in 2024. If you'd like more information, you want to speak to me directly about spending the year together, transcending your career, your possibilities, your potential, and your results, go down, check out the links in the show notes below. Okay, I'm going to illustrate this topic by telling you a story. I think a lot of times Agile is something that we as a community think we can just bring it in, turn a key, and everything will just work. And we'll start saving all this money, saving all of this time. And when it doesn't work, we say, oh, well, it's not my fault. It's not our fault. Management didn't support us. So there you go. I think that's a little bit of nonsense because here's something I see every day. It seems to escape most people and I'm not sure why. Tell me if you've seen something like this. So I'm always checking because you never know when you'll run into a resource where you might learn something, maybe some great new ideas, maybe some principles in action. Maybe some tips on how to tweak your coaching, tweak your innovation and creativity. Who knows? There's a wonderful community of people and practitioners out there who are willing to share what they've done and share what they've learned. So I'm always on the lookout for some great new ideas. Now, I have like a couple of sources that I routinely go to because I trust them. I know they have good ideas. I know they have great experience, great insights to share. But sometimes I'm open to something new. So I see this big hour-long presentation about, surprise, surprise, everyone's favorite topic, retrospectives. But again, going in with an open mind, partly because it's someone that I sort of knew, I was thinking maybe this would be pretty good. Might learn something here. So I go in and they start talking about retrospectives. Fine. It was a webinar in front of a live audience. And so the questions start flowing in from the participants. And usually when people ask questions in a live setting like that, it's because they're pressing questions. They're things that are troubling to the people who signed up for this webinar because they were hoping that there might be some answers contained therein. That makes sense, right? This is the stuff that they want to hear about. Who shows up 
for these kinds of sessions, people who have questions and want to learn. So it gets a little bit slow, start skipping through it a little bit. I didn't really want to repeat or hear things that I've already heard a million times. So I'm skipping through the big chunk of the presentation and I get to the Q&A section. They're about 40 minutes in on an hour-long show at this point. Someone has a question. And it's a question that you would expect from every single discussion on retrospectives. What's that question? I got a room of developers. They don't like to talk. They don't like giving or getting feedback. So how do I make them talk? Which sounds a little bit ominous, but you know what I mean. What they mean is, how do I encourage them? How do I get them to share and participate? They made a really good point. For some people, the feedback is always positive, but that's not helpful. And then for other people on the team, the feedback's always all negative, and that's not really helpful either. I've experienced that a lot less, but it does happen, and I thought it was interesting to see the question. So what the person was really asking is, how do I solve for this problem? If you're only going to honor one of the Agile principles, one out of the 12, make it customer value. If you can drill just that one into your head, you'll probably get somewhere on the value of that one alone. Put the focus on what the customer wants, what the customer finds valuable. So here's the customer. In this case, it's the attendee of the webinar, the person asking the question. Whether they paid for this webinar or whether it was free, it doesn't really matter. They asked a question. And the guy running it, that is to say, the person delivering the value, says, well, we don't really have time for that question. So I want to park it and see if we have time for it later. So there's mistake number one. When you have a customer who wants something and they're counting on you for a solution and you decline to deliver it because you have something you want to do more, usually a bad idea. Wrong answer. So think of that as violation number one. Violation number two is the thing that they wanted to do more was talk about Miro tools. I want to make sure we have time to get onto the retrospective tools is something that actually came out of their mouths. So here again, we all know even if you don't know all 12 of the principles, you know the manifesto, right? We know that it's something, uh, something about people over processes and tools. So what do we do? We get a question from one of these people. We say, I want to talk about the tools. That's violation number two. Now, violation number three is not really on the books. It's not really on the, you know, there's no set of laws that you got to follow if you're coaching or using Agile or Scrum. But I think this one should be obvious. Your job is to answer the hardest questions and solve the toughest problems. You ever think about that? Look, if we only use Agile to do things, solve things, and deliver things that we were already good at doing, solving, or delivering, then there's no point in using Agile, learning it, adopting it, incurring all that cost and time associated with doing something radically new, something that represents scary change for many people, by the way, then we might be missing the point. When it comes down to it, if you think about a retrospective, the problem is that no tool, no software, and maybe even no process or template is going to help make your retrospective more effective. When those techniques fail to solve your problem, guess what? You're stuck with the basic human fundamental problem. What do I do when someone in the room doesn't want to play ball? They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk to us. Now, there's an answer to that question, by the way. Is a really good answer to that question, but most people don't know what it is. Otherwise, we wouldn't be asking this question 
all the time, every day, on LinkedIn, in the forums, and so on, at every single conference, we wouldn't be asking this question over and over if most of us knew the answer already. So do you see what I'm driving at? If you want this kind of information to be useful, you're the one delivering this webinar to a group of listeners, to an audience. If you want Agile to be valuable to an organization, you have to be answering these tough questions. Why is Agile so hard to get working? Why is it difficult to get people contributing? Why is it difficult to get people bought in? Why is it so tough to get people to stop planning and documenting and looking up to the boss for the okay? How come these things are so challenging for us because it's human nature? There are no agile problems, only human problems. So thinking about this retrospective question, sitting in front of a bunch of people that you've got to work with every day and saying something that's hard to say is hard to do. It's difficult for people. And what we hope that an agile practitioner, particularly a seasoned one, particularly an expert, what we're hoping they can bring to the table is a solution, a proposal, an answer to that question, something to help heal that problem. But in webinars like these, if we focus our energies on how to use Miro, we never come up with it. And so we're not serving. We're not helping. We go back to our tools, go back to our toys. We go back to our sketch notes and our gimmicky little things and our comics and cartoons. We point fingers at other people and say, they're the reason this isn't working. We chase, we blame management. But the reason why Agile confounds us and fails us is exactly for this reason. We refuse to lean into the hard things until we train our practitioners to do that, to dig deep into these complicated human problems that cause resistance to change, that cause group dynamic failure. Until we as leaders learn to fix those problems, Agile will continue to be a semi-failed experiment. Now think about that. Are there times when we as scrum masters and coaches failed to live the principles, and in so doing, we focus on the wrong things and fail to deliver on the value promise of agility itself. If you want to learn more about this stuff, don't hesitate to reach out. You can ask about Forge Professional for your organizations or the Forge for yourself, or check out some of my digital products. All the links that you need are down below. You can also sign up for coaching with me, but most importantly, I want to thank you for being a loyal listener, for tuning in, I hope that this content helps you, I hope it inspires you, makes your job more fun, more interesting, more impactful. You can find me at badassagile.com or on all the socials. Until next time, stay badass. Badass.